I told that story and, and she read it somewhere online and, that, and it was news to her that that had been so significant uh, in my life and she, pho- and she phoned up my dad and was like oh just I just read this and I can't believe it I never knew and um, and it was clearly such a such an encouragement to her and you know how many how many more people are out there having having heard a talk that you gave to a Sunday school um, and you know that's that's part of their testimony now. Welcome to the Keswick Convention Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Redeemed, and your guest this time is Rachel Jones. She's an author and senior editor at The Good Book Company. She is the author behind A Brief Theology of Periods, yes, really, most recently, as well as Is This It?, Finding More with Rico Tice, and several books in the award-winning Five Things to Pray series. Hello, Rachel. Thanks for being on the podcast. Hello, my pleasure. Double Rachel. <laughs> Probably once. Do I say once, once enough? I don't know. We'll, we'll go with this. For those who aren't familiar with you, we've heard a little bit about your, your writing and your editing. Would you share a little bit more about yourself? So I live in southwest London. Um, I'm a member of a church here. Um, love being involved in kids work and small group um, I like playing netball that's my most recent hobby that I've acquired um, and yeah my day job is editing at the good book company working with uh, working with authors helping them to develop their ideas and their manuscripts kind of feeding back uh, and guiding them through the whole process and sometimes doing that from the side of the author as well and maybe this is me being ignorant, but has that changed much during the pandemic? Um, a little bit. So, I mean, so I'm working from home at the moment. So that's been the main change. Uh, so spent spent the majority of the last year working from home. Um, but in terms of the, the function of the job, you know, it's 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 mainly a kind of head down sort of job. <laughs> and so we're, even when we're in the office, we're all, you know, tapping away at our computers, snoring each other. But uh, yeah, the kind of editorial role, it's, it's mainly working with, with the authors um, who usually are, are far away anyway. Um, so we, we used to do most of that over, over Zoom and over um, email and stuff. So yeah, a little, a little bit different. I do miss my colleagues um, and hopefully get back in the office soon. But. So did that mean you were familiar with Zoom before the pandemic hit? We we rolled out Zoom like, wow. like a year before. And Wild. And, our, and our, our director, he really had the last laugh because he, yeah, he was championing Zoom, you know, a year before the pandemic hit. And there, there you are. Everyone else has caught up. <laughs> Finally, following the trendsetters of the Good Book Company. Wonderful. That's right. Ahead of the curve. <laughs> Tell us, we love to hear from our guests how they first met Jesus or how Jesus first met them. I grew up in a Christian family. My dad's a vicar. And so church was always uh, part of what we part of what we did, you know, there every every Sunday. I was yeah, always asking awkward questions in Sunday school, uh, trying to be the smartest kid, knowing all the answers. Um, and so, but I, but I would say that there hasn't been a time when I haven't believed that that God is there and that the gospel is true. Um, there's definitely been though kind of turning points in my my journey with that. I can remember 
um, we lived in Northern Ireland at the time and we went to this uh, good news club, it was called on a Monday evening. And it was it was held in like, I, I kind of remember it, it's this little tin chapel uh, <laughs> on someone's farm. I, I don't know if I've remembered that right, but that, that's what I've got in my head. And, um, you know, this tiny, tiny room uh, in Northern Ireland. And we, you know, we sang all the all the old classics to an accordion. You know, the best book to read is the Bible, that kind of thing. The one to the tune of the match of the day theme tune. That's all these classics. Wonderful. Um, but I, I remember being particularly struck by this talk on the broad and the narrow way, that parable of, of Jesus is. And um, she showed us this painting of, um you know all these kind of victorian people going up the broad way to the gates of hell and then just a few faithful souls pilgrims going up on the other side of the painting to the to the gates of heaven and she just put it to us very bluntly that we you know we needed to make sure that we were on the narrow way and that was a, a choice that we we had to make for ourselves you know we had to repent and believe uh, for ourselves um, and yeah, I remember after that thinking, yes, I, I definitely want to be on that narrow way. Um, and yeah, but you know, God, God was really, really kind to me through my parents. And again, just lots of conversations with them that, um, I'd say were, were significant over the years. That's one for the kids workers out there to hold on to and to know the difference that things can make, um, in young people's lives. And has that been, I mean, no Christian journey is ever quite linear, but has it been growing in depth of relationship with God or has there been different seasons that you've particularly got moments to reflect on? Yeah, so so through my teenage years, you know, I, I definitely did that classic thing of wanting to uh, be like my friends during the week and then turning up uh, to church on a Sunday and donning the choir robe as we had <laughs> and um and and doing the kind of christian thing there um and in fact when i went to uni i avoided the christian union stall like the plague because i didn't want to be one of those christians you know the keen ones didn't want i, I wasn't about that um uh but i thought you know i'll go to church and that will be that will be enough. And I remember I got I got to the end of Freshers Week and I was sort of sneaking out the door to, to go to church. And my housemate saw me and was like, where are you going at this time on a Sunday morning? I was like, oh, I'm going, I'm going to church. And he was like, you go to church. Rachel Jones is going to church. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I think that, yeah, tells you everything about what I spent the last week doing. But um, you know, I, but for the first time there, I was kind of had a, a group of peers who were passionate about following Jesus. And I, I kind of gradually came to see that the sort of one foot in, one foot out way of, of doing uh, my faith was was not fun. Like, and it, and it, and it you know, it led to me feeling conflicted and guilty and, um, yeah, unfruitful, I guess. Um, and but the, the people who were really, really passionately following Jesus and really going after him wholeheartedly were having a much better time of it um, and were, you know, living with real joy and conviction. And so I guess I, I gradually um, came to see that I, that was that was what 
that was what I wanted to and that was what Jesus was worthy of you know that was what he called me to um and that wholehearted obedience to him was actually for my joy and for his glory would you say that experience fed into feeling the need to write is this it or did that come from another chapter in your Christian life in that sense and for those for those maybe who aren't familiar maybe people know it as the avocado book I don't know how you feel about that but that seems to be what people are familiar with from the wonderful cover would you help people understand a little bit of the flavor of where you went with that book yeah so is this it is mainly written for people in their 20s and maybe early 30s and I kind of got the idea from this this idea of the quarter life crisis uh, so generally, uh, kind of in your twenties, not really sure where your life is going, not really sure where you fit or what you're good at or what you want to do. And, uh, from my own experience, at least, you know, I, I came out of university, I started work and, uh, you know, I, I moved to, uh, the place where I live now. Um, and, you know, it was, it was hard kind of for the first two years, just sort of setting up as you were you know kind of building relationships and getting your head around uh, a workplace where you don't really know what you're doing um and but then you know after after a few years found myself asking that question on the cover is that is this it um still feeling a bit lost a bit lonely um a little bit like I was looking for something but I wasn't sure what it was um and just yeah unsettled I guess um, and yeah, discovered this this phrase, the quarter life crisis, and that actually my, lots of my friends and my peers were feeling that too, um, both non Christians uh, and Christians. And that um, you know, I, I, I'd read the BuzzFeed articles about how to get your career together, um, but I just I just sensed that yeah, God's word had something more to say on that, um, as it has to say on on everything. Um, so yeah, so that was how that kind of book came to be. Um, but yeah, I know, I know students have found it really helpful. Um, and I think those, I mean, they're questions you're always asking, aren't they? What, what am I going to do next? Where's my life going? Um, and still ask them now occasionally. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been wonderful to see how God has used it, um, for other people. And, and even, even for me, you know, I keep, I keep having to come back to, those truths that are in it. I have to ask, it does reference applying for a TV game show. Did anything ever come of this? <laughs> well, this is funny. So I I um so I, I I mentioned the fact that when I was really bored of life and I felt like I should change jobs or move house or do something to move my life forward. Um, but rather than make any serious decisions, uh, instead I applied to appear on a TV game show. Um, and that was just, yeah, the, the kind of uh, prime example of, of just not really, kind of feeling stuck in that moment and sort of going after these other things that you think are going to um, deliver what you think. Anyway, um, but so anyway, the book was published and a few years later, I, I well, sort of nine months later, actually, I found myself asking the same the same questions on the book's cover um and then out of the blue I got this phone call from said tv game show I can't say what it is because they haven't aired the episode yet um saying would you like to come on tomorrow 
Um, and what was funny is that that very morning, my car had broken down on the way to work and uh, my colleagues wonderfully had pushed it round the corner to the garage in the rain because uh, I didn't have breakdown cover, of course. Um, <laughs> and um, and I knew I knew it was a goner. So the reason I answered my phone was because I, I was expecting the garage to call me and say, this has got to be scrapped. But instead it was the game show. So do you want to be on tomorrow? Uh, so I thought, oh, this is this is perfect because you know maybe this is God's providence for me to get the new get the new car. My car's just broken down. Here's this game show opportunity. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, anyway, long story short, went on the game show. Um, didn't get the new car. That's all. That's all I'll say. Uh, and, but what's funny is that, I'm, yeah, like a, a month later or so, um, I got, you know, another message from a family at church saying, do you want uh, do you want our car? We, we've got we've been given a new car. Would you like to have ours? We know you're without at the moment. And um, I was like, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and it just it just struck me as kind of um sort of a little picture of 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 something that I've come back to in that book and that I've really learned is that you know God's God's providence isn't uh like miraculous phone calls um actually the way he works is so often through his people through his you know through people in the local church being generous to one another or and looking after one another and acting as family and that you know that's how nine times out of ten God God works in the world and, and how he how he provides for us. Um, and just, yeah, just a beautiful picture of, of the local church. And, and yeah, that was that was one of the things I really wanted to. Uh, well, that I kept coming back to in the book is is encouraging people in their 20s to uh, invest in their church and to find their home there, as it were. And um, yeah, God's been God's been kind to me over the years in that. Mm. I love that. What a story of the Lord's providence. That is marvellous. Thank you for sharing. So from God's providence to God's sovereignty, if we can jump over, I really valued your chapter where you wrestled this through in your more recent book, A Brief Theology of Periods. Yes, really. Was there anything that you found helpful as you pushed through wrestling the sovereignty of God through some of the more difficult aspects that you cover from women's health that you have thoughts on yeah that was that was an, that was an interesting book to write um and yeah i i think that the question that lots of us uh ask um is oh well rewind so the book is about <laughs> the book is about uh periods and kind of setting that in context of the whole bible story um, and it's for every every woman that has periods, um, but it also kind of goes into um, the reality of of suffering and for how this is this is a, a you know a big deal for a lot of women, often in kind of secret, uh, often unbeknownst to, to most of the people around them, kind of suffering with conditions like uh, endometriosis or um, polycystic ovaries or, or, or whatever else. And so, yeah, I, I wrote this chapter about the kind of pain uh, involved with, with being a woman and kind of reflecting on Genesis chapter three, which when you think about it is, is 
kind of uncomfortable because you, you get God saying to Eve, I will make your pains in childbirth very severe. And, you know, and with that, you know, you get this whole, um, you know, we, we can see sort of periods and menopause and all the other kind of uh, laborious aspects of, of being a woman kind of w- under that umbrella, as it were. Um, and just facing up to that, that it's, um, this is God's agency, you know, he, he does that. Um, and, and why does he do that? And, wh- you know, what, what's, what's his purposes? uh in, in that and that you know and there are there are no easy answers but just wrestling with the fact that actually there are there are no easy answers either way so you know I I read a lot of um books about periods from kind of a secular perspective and all sort of all wrestling in their own way with the problem of pain um and seeking to sort of pay, point the finger at um, kind of doctors who aren't responsible enough or cultural taboos which maintain the silence um, and actually at the end of the day um, those don't help that doesn't help very much if if you're in this kind of debilitating position um, and actually just running back to the fact that um, that, that God is sovereign and that he has entered our pain um in in the man of sorrows for women of sorrow um and he and he took on weakness when he took on flesh um and he you know he he and he promises to um give us new bodies in a new creation and so that you know that doesn't that doesn't answer all of the all of the questions that we might have in response to genesis 3 but um we're gonna have questions anyway um no matter you know if we even if we decide to wake up as atheists tomorrow we we still you know still got a womb that's doing what it's doing to you um and yeah just just kind of trying to put it in the in the context of the whole bible story um and looking at jesus you know i i um that just at the end i did the end of the book i did this kind of reflection on the theme of blood through the bible and just how gritty and, and real the the bible is about you know it's it's so earthy um and yeah just just yeah remembering remembering what it what it cost you know it's it's very easy to to look back at at the cross as like a kind of abstract thing but it you know it was it was real and it you know jesus really did bleed and he really uh you know that the, the cost was was in flesh and blood um and yeah just kind of uh wanting to help women sort of embrace their embrace their bodies as things made by god and um going to be redeemed by god um and yeah the, the kind of earthy realness of the bible which speaks into all these all these things Mm. thank you so much thank you for that reflection and i valued in another chapter to stay on the theme but in a slightly different angle that you really drew out a kind of a sense of our 
our lack of thinking maybe about spiritual children, it's easy to focus in on the physical. How have you seen that done well? What might you say to someone who knows that they are an older Christian but don't necessarily feel that they have much to give to a younger Christian? Oh, I'd say you absolutely do. Um, you know, I love that passage in Titus where he he Paul tells Titus to train the older women so that they can uh, speak into the lives of of younger women. Um, and so, you know, all, older women are are absolutely essential, and uh, you know, I, I value those uh, I have in my life um, to 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 speak into mine. Um, but yeah, it's true, isn't it? That it's it, yeah for for women who have who have raised children, um, it's kind of it's kind of easy to easy to see those children, but very hard to see spiritual children. And you know, especially if, if people kind of come and go, and you know, you don't you don't know what's 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 happening. But you know, I, I think of that that woman who ran that Good News Club uh, that I went to as a child, and she was a, she was a single lady, and she'd been a, a missionary, and then. Um, come back and, and run that run that club and uh, I remember the first time I told that story and, and she read it somewhere online and, they, and it was news to her that that had been so significant uh, in my life and she fo- and she phoned up my dad and was like oh just I've just read this and I can't believe it I never knew and um, and it was clearly such a such an encouragement to her and you know how many how many more people are out there having having heard a talk that you gave to a Sunday school um, and you know that's that's part of their testimony now so um yeah often often we don't see uh but we will one day you know i, I you know i hope that in eternity we'll, we'll get we'll get a view of of how the lord used us that does encourage the ordinary and the everyday of the christian life is there a favorite conversation that you've had from any of your books yeah i mean when i was writing the periods book i had a lot of interesting conversations with people because on the one hand i, I needed much material um and that's that's been the fun thing i found about writing books is just the opportunity to say hey i'm writing this book tell me all so that i can put you in it uh which i'm, I'm not sure if people enjoy it but anyway um but yeah but the periods one was uh, was interesting uh lots of lots of puzzled looks from from some people especially uh uh men if i can say that um but generally generally uh positive once i'd sort of explained it um but yeah so and so i had a few of these conversations and was feeling uh yeah like uh, yeah like well is this the right thing to be writing on um and then i i I went to an event um where i was talking about is this it and uh was asked you know what are you writing on next i was like oh i'm writing on on periods and uh the host was a little taken aback because we had not covered that on our kind of pre-brief uh conversation um and i was like you know if anyone wants to talk to me about periods afterwards come and come and have a chat um and as it turned out that is what that is what people wanted to talk about and it was just so um yeah so affirming I guess to to hear these stories and these these questions of of women who were really struggling um and yeah it was it was it was eye-opening to to what was what was kind of going on behind the behind the 
kind of public face as it were um and so that that really spurred me on as I was writing and I'm, I'm hoping that there are many other women like those I met um for whom you know their eyes are gonna light up when they see a book on this subject and and want to read it Maybe some of those conversations will continue happening in week two of Keswick as uh, you are down to speak. What are you going to be sharing a little of? Yeah, really exciting to be going to Keswick. I've never been before, um, even though I grew up in the Northwest. I don't, I don't know how that happened. Um, but I am doing two seminars on prayer. So refresh your prayer life. Um, kind of thinking about why we why we don't pray and how to sort of get over the ruts and the roadblocks that, that get in the way. Um, and then two seminars on, is this it? Um, and hoping to give it a kind of resetting life after lockdown angle. So for many of us, it sort of felt like life has been on hold the last year or so. And here is kind of a chance to reset our priorities, rethink about our goals and, you know, um, yeah, for, for many of us are excited to get back to life as normal, hopefully. Uh, and many of us kind of uh, a bit nervous about the idea of, of, of coming out of the of the cave. Um, and so, yeah, thinking about how we can how we can do that well and, and sort of navigate this this next season of life well. And indeed, this strange season continues and we are still isolated. It might not be as it has been, but it's it's still not quite normal and it is always important to keep God's word front and centre in each of our days and Keswick Ministries has produced some printed resources to help you in your walk with the Lord including the Food for the Journey daily Bible devotional. There is one on joy and one on persevering and you can check out the Keswick Ministries website and click resources for more details and Rachel if you can only commend one thing to our listener as we wrap up what would that be? I will tell you what I'm reading at the moment. I am reading um, Paul Miller, A Praying Life, uh, and would very much recommend it. So I commend that to you. Thank you. And if folks want to read more from you, I may suggest going to the Good Book Company website, Typing of Rachel Jones. I'll put that in the show notes so you can uh, read some more. Or indeed, you can catch uh, you on Audible as well if you want to keep with the podcast audiobook vibe and if you want to hear more from keswick ministries keswick ministries is the place to go it has been a joy to be with you rachel thank you so much for your time and thank you very much for listening myself or james carey will speak to you next time bye-bye